to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again. Real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Dara, I have a confession in front of you and our 100,000 person Uh-oh, audience. Julie, is it bad? Well, I feel like... I feel like I should not be doing this at this point in my life at 32 years old, but I arrived literally on fumes to your house today. On fumes. Yes. I mean, it's one thing to do what I always do and like run my gas all the way down to the very last moment to where I have to refuel. But I discovered today when my car began practically yelling at me and kind of shaking a little bit that I desperately need an oil change. So don't let me leave your house today unless I'm promising to go straight to the Jiffy Lube. Okay. I won't let you leave and do anything but stop at the oil change place. But Julie, you just said your car was shaking. We've just said this. Is Paul going to hear it? That's a great question. Anyway, I'm Julie Graham, a parent car maintenance ball dropper. Okay, Julie, I have confidence in you. You don't always drop the ball on car maintenance? Uh, I appreciate the confidence, but I feel like that might be a lie. Just tried to save you. Thanks. Sure. I'm Darlene Brock, and I love wearing a tool belt. I really do. I know. It's impressive. Yeah. I like tools. They're pretty awesome. Can you build me something? That would be so fun. We could do it together. Oh, that's scary. I don't want to do it. No, I want you to build it for me and just give it to me like a present. All right. No problem. We'll come up with that one day. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about comparison. You know, women comparing to other women, we all do it. Every single one of us, we compare ourselves to other women. Guilty. We do. We walk in a room, we look around, and we hone in immediately on the other women in the room and start making mental checklists. That's right. Well, we're going to talk about that on today's episode, how we as women get caught in this literal trap of sizing ourselves up both literally and figuratively to every woman in the room. And I think that we do this in three specific ways. So first, and maybe most obvious, we definitely size ourselves up and our body type, our own body image to the women around us. I think another big trap for us is whether or not we have chosen to have a career or to stay at home or some combination of those and really um, kind of deciding which is better and comparing ourselves to what other women have chosen. And then lastly is the black hole of comparison known as social media. Oh, that is awful. It's the worst. So let's jump in first and unpack that first most obvious one, comparing our bodies to every other woman. Okay, so we are on this quest to be perfect. We are on this quest to feel like we look as good as, or we look as cute as, or for me, I look as young as (laughs) uh, some other female in the room. And you know what? We're not alone in that. We're not alone in our discomfort. In fact, Dove which who does not love the Dove? Have you seen the Dove? Their most recent campaigns over the last few years are... Perfect. They're perfect. They're perfect. And they speak to us about this problem that we all have is comparing ourselves to other women and the body types. But what they, they actually did a study before this, Julie, it's called the Dove Global Beauty and Confidence Report. Love it. Don't you love it? Beauty and Confidence. And they discovered that every, it was, it was an international study, obviously global, and it assessed women from many countries and none, no one 
completely felt good about themselves. Mm. How sad is that? But we can relate to that, right? I mean, on any given day, I don't feel so great about myself. Tell me more about what the study found. Well, in South Africa, which it made me kind of want to move there, the ladies there, 64% of them felt good about themselves. They felt good about their body type, and that's specifically what they were talking about. And why do you think, Julie? I have no idea. I can't imagine 64% of my life feeling good and confident about my own body type. No. That's shocking. What's America? America is a mere 24% of us feel good about themselves. So one in four women in the U.S. would report body confidence. That has got to change. It's got to change. But what are we going to do about it? I know we on the website we have one article that I really, really, really love. And it's called, Just Because She's Pretty Doesn't Mean I'm Not. Mm, that's good. That is one of my favorites, too, by our editor, Ashley Johnson. And man, this is such a daily struggle. Um, and what are, some, what are some practical things that you think we grit and grace women can do to put an end to this body battle? I think by starting, starting by not comparing to one another. Because we're individuals. Our body types are individual, and there's nothing wrong with it. And let me tell you an ironic part to me. How many songs have been written about big booties? Oh, I so want to go into Sir Mix-a-Lot right now. Like, drop the <laughs> bass. I know. And so, you know, it's not a bad thing. A big booty really isn't a bad thing. Why do we all think we need to be a size zero? We mm. don't. That's so true. You know what? Something I think is interesting, and that I bet is actually going to help with this over time. Um, have you noticed that the sizing has changed in clothing? Like, um, the way that they rate the, you know, zero to 24 or whatever. Oh, it's because the, the clothing it. industry is actually being nice to us and spandex and denim. Spandex. I, I mean, remember you telling me that that was one of your favorite, of favorite life things. advancements. Yes, because <laughs> denim now can grow with you and shrink with you. <laughs> yes. It can grow with you. Same pair of pants. You don't have to buy different ones. Is it's that wonderful. why leggings have become like a lifeline for women, I think? I hope so. I think it makes perfect sense. The LuLaRoe one size legging. Love yeah, it. Love it. But really, Julie, I, I don't know why we think our body type is the all, most important thing. I don't know why we do because I've seen very stunning women that are so insecure. And I've mm -hmm. seen very, what may be perceived as heavier women with the greatest confidence in the world. And you know what? Who am I drawn to? Yeah. I'm drawn to the ones who believe in themselves. Yeah. yeah, confidence, I think, is key. And becoming confident in who you are, exactly where you are today, regardless of what you look like or how old you are or what size you wear, um, I think it's really learning to appreciate your body yeah. uh, and to, you know, to take care of it. I do think that's important to take care of our bodies. There's a level of... Um, you know, knowing that I'm fueling my body and taking care of it. And if it's, you know, not what society deems as the best size, but I know I'm taking care of it, that's where my confidence can come from. Yeah. And I just ate a cupcake. Thank you very much. You did. And I so wanted to eat it. Oh my gosh, this is so exactly what's happening right now. I totally said no to the cupcake because I'm trying to slim down for my sister's wedding. Okay. And that's another part of the study where it was, it was in the Dove Global, confidence, beauty, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to link to that in the show notes. Okay, we are. Um, but in that study, it also said that nine of 10 women decide not to do something or go someplace because they don't like the way they look. 
Oh man, that is, that's bad right there. But I can think of times that I've gone like chosen not to go somewhere because I couldn't find anything to wear that I felt confident. You know what? Here's practical tip. Write this down, girls, get a bigger size in that dress. Just get the bigger size so that you can be comfortable and you can go to the thing. Absolutely. Like who cares? Is anyone going to pull your shirt out and look at the size? That would be bizarre. No. <laughs> like, are we thinking that that is happening? No. No. I'm seriously preaching to the choir right now. Yeah. Well, and two, let's see, bathing suits. How many times do you not go to the beach? Collective sigh right there. Yeah. Collective sigh. And if I go to the beach, I need to do it with perfect strangers <laughs> instead of people I love and That's know. That's awesome. And, and our, but really, are other women looking at us and thinking that we should not have come to the beach? No. No. And if they are, we don't want to be friends with them anyways. No. So and I don't care what she thinks. Honestly, recently I went on a beach walk and saw this generous woman <laughs> in a bikini. And I'm like, dang, girl. Did you think you go, girl? I did. No. I thought you so are true. amazing. And she was strutting her stuff. And honestly, she looked cute as the day is long. And it was because... She put that thing on, she went to the beach, and she was digging the sun. It was the confidence, right? It was the confidence that you were seeing in her. Um, on, on bathing suits, though, I will say that over the last couple years, um, maybe at the same time that Instagram has kind of taken over the world, which we'll talk about more later, um, there are definitely brands that are really starting to embrace the body positivity. Um, and I think that's such a beautiful thing. Like, I know there's a line um, called Ari, or maybe it's Airy. Hmm. A-E-R-I. Airy, I think, but their stuff is really designed to be beautiful and attractive, um, on any body size. And even just following their account on Instagram is really refreshing and encouraging. I think a practical tip for dealing with this issue of body image is to really kind of protect yourself from where you're gathering your information on what is acceptable mm -hmm. when it comes to what your body should look like. Um, you know, really kind of varying that and protecting and putting boundaries on, you know, where you're sizing yourself up against. Yeah. And wearing clothes that work with your body type. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've always been convinced that when God made me, he forgot two inches in my torso. <laughs> I am really short waisted. It's like, wait a minute, you just didn't remember that part. Um, but you have to buy things that work around your body type. And, you know, it's, it's just a little bit of study, just a little bit of help if you need it. And it will, it will make you feel more confident because things fit better and they flow better and they hang better and we're not picking at everything. It, it helps a lot. All right. Well, I want to kind of wrap up this section. What's one takeaway, Dar, that you want our friends um, to try to kind of put in their mind to think about whenever this comparison starts to creep up in our minds, because it's going to happen like later today. Mm -hmm. What's something that maybe, you know, for a lack of a better word, a mantra that women can remember um, when they start to compare themselves physically to another woman? Mm. Uh, quit looking around the room because every single body shape has value and value not because of just the shape, but because of the lady that's in it. So quit looking around the room. Quit looking around the room. Love it. And, and besides that, make sure that you're comfortable with you because today's, you got today. So make it count. Don't worry about the people around you, the ladies around you. Just say, I'm good for me today. 
quit looking around the room. Love it. All right, let's go into that second area that women are constantly battling and comparing each other on whether their decision to be a working career woman or to stay at home with her kids, which is better, more noble, um, more important. Mm. Uh, both. Both. Ooh, she said both ladies. Well, because it's true because sometimes, or for some people, career is good. Sometimes for some women, stay at home is good. Sometimes both at different times. Um, like seasons. Seasons, absolutely seasons. And it's not, there's not a right or wrong here. There's a right or wrong for the individual lady. Love that. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, I was one, Julie, that had a career the whole time my girls were growing up and I traveled and I did all of that. And I had peers in my business, young women who looked up to me because they perceived that I was successful. And that was wonderful. And I was, I was so fortunate in what I did, but there would be times where I would run into the mall to the food court because I had about a minute and a half to eat. (laughs) And I would look at the moms who had chosen to stay at home, pushing their strollers or um, their little ones were on break or whatever. And I thought, oh, Mm. just to have a day off or a week off or maybe a month off Mm. to not have to go somewhere to be somewhere. So, you know, I had a great, I loved my life, but there were days that I envied the stay-at-home moms. Yeah. I think that's kind of the classic adage of the grass is greener. Um, You know, I'm like you now. I'm kind of in one sense following in your footsteps and I have been, you know, nearly fully um, working full time, uh, since having my son three years ago. And there have definitely been those days like you're reporting where, you know, I wish I was at the play group, you know, I'm in, I'm in Facebook groups with other moms that are in my area. They're my friends. Um, and a lot of them are stay at home moms. And there are, there have been countless times. I think I've even talked to you about it, um, where I have felt, you know, I've seen a notification that they're getting their kids together at the park today and they're going to have so much fun. And Um, And really just being like sad, but also feeling um, almost like embarrassed that I I wasn't one of those moms. But at the same time, I mean, you saw my face light up the first time I sat down behind this microphone. I, I meant to be doing this. And I, I actually believe I'm a better mom when I'm doing, I personally am a better mom to my son because I'm doing this by day. And then I go home and I'm just mom and it's Lincoln and mommy. Um, But I've done this you know, as another important part of my life. But I feel those very same tensions of days being like, I should be, I should be with him, but no, I, I'm doing this. And that's a very good thing. Well, and comparing ourselves to each other, do not judge each other. Mm-hmm. Do not this, you know, those who choose to stay at home or have the opportunity. And sometimes it's not even a choice. You have financial obligations, you have things you have to meet in life. So it's not a choice whether you can stay home or not. But if you are in a place where you can, don't judge career woman, women. And if you're a career woman, Mm -hmm. you are not superior to the stay-at-home mom. You have not achieved something that they are incapable of. Oh, there are countless times where I've thought as I'm dropping my son off to school, daycare, whatever you want to call it, I like to call it school because it sounds better. (laughs) <laughs> um, and he Speaking likes of, school. Yes. Um, you know, where I drop him off and I think, 
I'm so glad he's going to be with you today because man, just getting him out the door felt like an impossible feat. And I think of my friends, um, women that I know who are staying at home all day, and that is their job to maintain sanity and raise good little people. Yeah. Like that is absolutely challenging in and of, it, in and of itself and well, it deserves and to be, you know, lauded. Generally, that's not the only thing they're doing. It's not like they're just, you know, carting around their kids, although that's a whole lot of it. Most of them are busy taking care of their household. They're managing. I mean, I hired a housekeeper because heaven forbid I couldn't when have their that time to, to do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't manage it. Um, and it was, you know, you need to not assume that they have one role either. Absolutely. I was on, I have to tell you this story. I was on a plane. It was a red eye. This lady that sat next to me couldn't sleep either. And we both had grown daughters. I think they were in college at the time. And we started a conversation and she was a full on stay at home, homeschool mom. I was a full-on kid. My daughters were in public school or private school, and I worked the entire time they were growing up. And she, you know, her two daughters and my two daughters were almost the same age. We had the most amazing conversation about what both of our, all of our children became. It was pretty great because I thought 10 years before we would have looked at each other in probably judgment yeah. or probably with attitude, each assuming that the other was screwing up their child for one reason or, or the other. Or in one sense, each wishing you were the other one. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we discovered, dang, all four of our girls are really great. Yeah. And we just did it different ways. I know you mentioned as we were um, you know, preparing to have this conversation that you've noticed or that it has been proven that the trend is actually increasing, that there are more stay-at-home moms um, in the last two decades than there were in the decades prior to that. What, what do you think that's about? Mm. I think it's shifting priorities and maybe opportunities. I'm not sure about that part. But I think that there was a season when I was raising my girls where it was really, really looked down on to stay at home. Interesting. Yeah. Our mothers, a lot of them stayed Because it was during home. more of the feminism movement. Yeah. The full on, if you want to be a woman of value, you're going to work outside of the home. So there was a huge trend for if you, if you want to prove your worth, you need to have a career. You need to have a job. And so we were all generally clamoring for that, whether it made a lot of sense or not. And now I think, I think a lot of women have awakened to the fact that they don't have to be one thing. When we say that women's opportunities should be across the board, we need to mean that it should be across the board. That's good. So I think a way to sum up this kind of comparison we find ourselves in, is it is it right or wrong, better, greener to stay at home or to be a career woman, or really some combination of both, which I think in my generation, that has become really popular, the the side hustle, so to speak, where you're you're a stay-at-home mom, but the truth is, is you're also, you know, selling a product um, in your spare time, which can we just laugh at the idea that a stay-at-home mom has spare time? Um, that is becoming more and more popular, but Really, it, it's what you said in the beginning, um, that it's whatever you choose is right for you. And to really just be bold and confident in that decision. Absolutely. Um, I, it makes me think of Ashby's recent article, um, Dear Stay-at-Home Mom, Eight Things I Want You to Know. Go check that. We'll put that in the show notes. I love how she kind of talks to this, that regardless of what you're doing, just be confident in your choice and and walk in that. Well, and remember, too, it could very possibly be just a part of your journey. 
you could be a stay-at-home mom now and then go back to school. Like your friend Pam. Yeah, she did. At 40, she went back to school when her kids were in high school and her husband was a busy executive and they all had to learn how to fend for themselves because she had been the classic stay-at-home mom and she became an RN, but she went back to school to start another life. Yeah, you can find her story at the Grit and Grace Project as well. We'll link to her article as well. That one, that's definitely super encouraging to read her and to think that, you know, regardless of when and how and timing and seasons, you know, every every woman has an important purpose. And decision by decision, whether you choose to work now or work later to stay home or to do some combination of both, they're all noble. You choose what's right for you. All right, Dar, are you ready to go into that last conversation? Oh, the, the black hole. The black hole of social media. I know that you just spend hours on social media. I hate social media. Well, I love eyes. it. I love hate. Love, hate, social media. <laughs> Man, that is one of the most dangerous places to get caught in this comparison trap that we women do. I have heard... Oh, there are countless conversations and things that have been written and spoken about, you know, how dangerous it is to be on social media because of what you see and how you um, end up perceiving other lives to be. And I think it's important to say that we've got to remember that most people, now there are certainly outliers to this, that's another conversation, but most people are posting their very best moments on social media, right? Like you post the highlights of your day. You're not posting the real conversation, the argument. I like to say argue discussions <laughs> that you're having with your husband. No, you're posting the great anniversary photo and, you know, sharing the 15 things you love about him. You're not sharing the last 15 fights you had. And so your social media tends to be your highlight reel. And yet so many of us forget that as we're scrolling through our feeds and we are just thinking that our life is nothing compared to hers or hers or hers or hers or hers. And, and hers. I, I am on a campaign. I think every one of us should take a picture of our kitchen counter when it looks like it really looks like, or our piles of laundry that we have not touched, or perhaps the bed that we have not made in four days, and put those on social media and say, this is what our house really looks like. Hashtag no filter. Ugh, but that's not what we're doing. No, that's not what we're doing. And, and we're, we are falling into, we're forgetting that that's not really what's happening. And you're looking through your feed and you see somebody's house and wow, her house is so much bigger than mine, or it's so much cleaner than mine or her vacation. Like I don't ever get to go on a vacation like that. And wasn't she just on a vacation last month? These are the kinds of things that we obsess over as we're looking through our feeds. Okay. And we just got to stop. We do. And it's not just your and my opinion. There actually was a, a study done by Anxiety UK. Wouldn't you love to work for that? I work for Anxiety UK. <laughs> um, but what they did is they studied the effects of social media on all population, not just women. I wanted to, not only do I want to tell you about this study, let me, let me just read it to you. In 2012, when Anxiety UK conducted their survey, here's what they found. I'm just going to read their results to you. The survey found that 53% of participants said social media sites have changed their behavior, while 51 of these said this change has actually been negative. Many people using social media sites make comparisons with others, which lead to negative emotions. Surprise there. And then they went on to say those who said their lives have been worsened by using social media 
also reported feeling less confident when they compared their achievements against their friends. So that was in 2012. That's five years ago. Do you think this problem has maybe gotten just a smidge worse? Just I think like a smidge. I think at least a smidge. Because some of the social sites that, you know, are maybe even more popular today didn't even exist in 2012. True. So. Or have grown and changed. Oh, changed, yes. So maybe the takeaway is we've just got to get real and remember that the things that we are posting on social media is our very best. And the things that she is posting on her social media are the very best. So let's stop with the comparison and just be okay with the fact that maybe that girl next door posts a few more selfies than you. You know what? Let that be her thing. But don't compare her selfie to your selfie. Be your selfie. That just happened. <laughs> oh, that, that was clever, Julie. That was good. So what's our takeaway here, Julie Graham? Get off social media. Just kidding. I could not do it. No, you, you could do it. I could do it, but you couldn't do that. So it's not, not it. that. It is quit comparing yourself to other women. It's tempering it. It's tempering, yeah. I, I, you, you know this about me. I have my own personal hashtag. Can you quote it? Oh, this could be fun. Do you remember what it is? Be bold and just be you. Yes. I'm good, aren't I? That is my personal hashtag, which you might be thinking, why would you have a personal hashtag? But it's kind of like a mantra that I like to use for myself and hopefully encourage other women with. But I actually think that we can do that. Um, we can apply that to every single area that we've talked about today. When it comes to your body, be bold and just be you. Love who you are, how you are, the shape you are today. Be bold and just be you, whether you're working or staying at home or doing some combination of either. And certainly be bold and just be you on social media. Embrace the life that you have, the stage that you're in, the house that you're in, the car that you're driving, the kids that you have, the outfit you're in, and be bold and just be you. What are your takeaways, Dar? Um... How about be bold, just be you? Yes. No, I do love Get that. Get your own hashtag. I really do love that, Julie. <laughs> no, I think this, this is how you become a strong woman, is when you quit comparing yourself to other women and you pull in that grit for yourself, you give that grace to someone else, or maybe it's to you, and combine those and gain strength in not comparing and being confident in who you are because... Who you are is pretty darn great. I think since we've talked about social media, maybe we can ask our friends to embrace this idea that we've presented today and ask them to share on their social media something real that's happening in their actual life. So maybe they are going to be bold and actually share their crazy undone, uncleaned kitchen sink, or they're going to post the 14th picture in their stream of selfies that it took to post to get to the one that they want to post, but instead post one of the not so good ones and hashtag it hashtag grit and grace life, which is our personal hashtag. We would love to see how you are choosing to be a strong woman who's just being herself, not caring what someone might say about it because the comparison thing has got to end. All right, we want to leave you with one quote because that's something we're going to do here at This Grit and Grace Life. We want to leave you with a quote that we think can apply to the discussion we've had today as we've been together. And this one, we recently shared it um, at The Grit and Grace Project on our social handles, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter. And I actually think it got some pretty good results. I think a lot of women resonated with it. This is a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, one of my personal favorites. And here's what she said. 
You wouldn't worry so much about what others think of you if you realized how seldom they do. Boom, drop the mic. Yeah. All right, ladies. So stop comparing yourselves. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.